Welcome back to another episode of the Big Freedom Show. I'm one of your hosts, Charlie Thompson. With me, as always, the king himself, John King, and your favorite, Lispy Libertarian, Nate Thurston. What an exciting day we have today. How's everyone doing? We survived the snowpocalypse here in Nashville. Our crazy Tennessee weather that, man, they're always super accurate about what's going to happen, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, Kroger's sold out of bread and milk. Yeah, I went normal grocery shopping. I actually had to get some groceries, and no, couldn't do it. They were out of everything. You know why? Because it got cold. That's why. I was uh, asked to go to the grocery store that night, and I said no. In a panic, no less. Yeah, I went to Walgreens. She couldn't control herself. I went to Walgreens. How'd that work out? I just spent money on overpriced goods. That was a lot faster to get it out of. Well, you guys know there's another round coming tonight. And now they're saying over two inches for us. So I'm thinking the grocery store is going to be out of stuff for at least a week. Man. Do they have time to replenish? They did. I was there yesterday. Store shelves were full. They got stuff again? Good. Mm -hmm. Good. Because I went there mainly needing some meat, and they were out of like every meat that I wanted. So I'm going to need to get some of that pretty soon. For those of you listening in other places, we take our tiny amounts of snow very seriously here. (laughs) If it even, if they mention snow here in Nashville, they close school. First off, everyone's out of work. You don't have to do anything just because they said it might snow next week. Basically, people literally don't show up for work. It's like a snow day for adults. It's a, it's a legit reason to call in around here. Like it it could be, you could be a doctor who has surgery scheduled at the hospital and you're like, ah, they said it was going to snow. And the only element of truth here is we suck at cleaning our roads up. Yeah. So it does get kind of icy with almost nothing but it's still hilarious but you know what we did we recorded an episode of the big freedom show for you we did in the midst of our level three snowstorm code red on fox 17 it was code red i saw code that red it's like code red and a nice graphic going back did you notice and forth. they lit the desk up in red too <laughs> it was such a big deal it was like the hunt for the red october <laughs> it's almost like they should have sent out an emergency alert about a ballistic they missile should. coming to nashville <laughs> it was the same, the same thing we need to hire that guy He's looking for a job. Fox here. 17, call him up. Yeah. And Charlie and I you played. Know <laughs> you know what's hilarious about that real quick? The, yeah. The emergency alert that went out in Hawaii about the ballistic missile coming. Imminent danger. This is not a drill. It took him 38 minutes to tell everyone that, that it's it was fake and that it was actually uh, not supposed to happen. I guess they happen. had to manually type the other message in. They had the, the doom no. and gloom message built in, but they couldn't get a couldn't get a uh, false alarm out very quickly. And the reason for that, I found out today, I read that it's because the software to send out the cleanup message wasn't installed on the computers and they had to install it really quick and type up the message to send out the... It was quite hilarious. Sounds like a Windows problem. It was actually pretty serious for a lot of people in Hawaii. I saw... uh, Kids going in manholes. Yeah, I saw uh, people texting their loved ones, like, you know, goodbye messages and things like that. I mean, that would be pretty scary if if you heard there was a missile coming your way. I I heard from my brother, who has a friend there, that the rumor is some people were even committing suicide. Whoa. And I, I couldn't find anything about this anywhere, so it's probably... Fake news, but we'll have to verify that. Yeah, well, if you guys CNN know, if you guys know it. anything about that, hit us up info at thebigfreedomshow.com. We'll we'll correct the record. <laughs> hey, honey, sorry, uh, I'm gonna be dead here pretty soon from this bl- ballistic missile threat. Psych. <laughs> was a <laughs> no, joke. <laughs> we're good. I love you. Wait, uh, Charlie and I lost some money playing poker last night. I don't know if any of you guys ever lose money playing poker. Wait, but you you didn't invite me again. No. Do you play poker, so, John? I do. Really, a lot. 
Uh-uh. So wait a minute. I don't get invited to poker. I, I allegedly was invited to a Preds game when I was out of the country. Well, I mean, that's your fault. Yeah. It's convenient. Did <laughs> yeah. you go to the Preds game, Nate? I did. I was That's, in the country. Yeah, yeah. He he put it up on the board for me. But anyway, <laughs> next time you guys play poker, I I want to I want in. All right, happy to take your money. We had a right good time. now. It's February nineteenth, so <laughs> mark it down. You're invited. All everyone, right. everyone hears right now. I'm a little weirded out right now because we're not doing the whiskey of the week. This is our first time releasing two episodes in the same week. Uh, a first, at for least the Big on Freedom purpose, Show. anyway. Yeah, on purpose. <laughs> we probably have accidentally uh, released some late episodes. We probably have accidentally released some late episodes at some other time. But um, anyway, we're we we're not going to the whiskey of the week right now. So what are we going to, Charlie? Well, well, I want to say first, again, talking about the excitement of this new year and the Big Freedom Show, if we can make it happen, there there will be some weeks that we can't. But we're looking at moving towards two to three weeks, two to three episodes every single week for you guys. So we're pumped about that. We hope you are. And our first order of business here for this you just, episode. You just put us on the record with this. Yeah. Well, are we inviting John to all two or three of those episodes? Yeah, or? he'll be invited. Okay. Yeah. All right. Or he can make a guest appearance. Or can I be I still be guest appearancing every single time? No, I think you've, right. you've graduated. Am I now officially you're a officially member of the a host. show? Good. Your, your lispy libertarian is now officially a part of the Big yeah. Freedom Show. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's talk about a wall, shall we? So <laughs> recently, the Trump admitted this article coming from the Washington Post. The Trump administration has told lawmakers that it wants $18 billion over the next decade for the initial phase of a Mexico border wall laying out for the first time a detailed financial blueprint for the president's signature campaign promise. $18 billion. So what do you guys think about a border wall? I'm not like crazy opposed to it. It's probably a decent idea that we have a border. Um, I just want the way to get through the wall to be a lot easier. The The legal process needs to be I can agree with that very completely. much streamlined. I don't think it's necessary if, if certain things were in place, honestly. It yeah. Wouldn't, we wouldn't need to waste money on a border wall if we didn't have a I, welfare state. I think regardless of people's position on the security element, and hate to go bleeding hard here, there is sort of a humanitarian element with the human trafficking thing going on without there being a wall in place, which obviously that's still, people are going to still find a way to do it. Yeah, but, that's what I would say. That people are still going to find a way into the country. The wall, all that's going to create are really, really just interesting ways to get around the wall that we haven't even very thought of high yet. high-end coyotes. Yeah, like just the most... Uh, you know, all kinds of ropes over the top of it, you know, where they can, they can climb over, you know, maybe flying. Yeah. They could fly airplanes, <laughs> multiple yeah. drones from each arm. I think they have planes in Mexico. Still, I just saw that, so. uh, that Tom Cruise movie, American made where he was that pilot uh -huh. was quote unquote hired by the CIA, but really wasn't. And, yeah. uh, he flew over several borders and tra uh, trafficked drugs for the American government. Well, we'll find some kind of way to get around that wall, but I don't think it's an insane idea for the United States that, you know, having a 2,000 mile border on the, you know, the north and south side to have some kind of defense for, for ourselves. I know, Charlie, you said without a welfare system, we, we wouldn't need it. Um, yeah, which we touched on that a little bit last week. I think we've all come to the conclusion that that's how you frame this whole conversation is that's the magnet here. And, yeah. and that's the real problem right now. We're not opposed to people coming. Now, what would you guys do about the, you know, the DACA 
thing. You know, they're holding oh, up they're holding up the spending bill right now. You know, they they are uh, they're going to shut down the government. I can't so, wait to see it because well, I figure is, we're going to save some money for a few days. And yeah. this is part of of what this article talks about is that that right now Trump is in talks with the Republicans and the Democrats trying to strike a deal and Trump is not uh, willing to go through with a deal does, that does not include funding for his wall. So, quote here from the Washington Post again, President Trump has said he may need a good government shutdown to get this wall. With this demand, he seems to be heading in that direction, said Senator Richard Durbin of Illinois. So, the government's going to shut down, apparently, after Friday. Are you guys super worried about that? Like... It's the non-essential personnel going home. All of the non-essential people are going to have to go if home. If you're non-essential, I probably don't need you. What is that? Ten percent of the federal government? It's like ten or fifteen percent. Yeah. Hmm. National who, parks are closed. Sorry, guys. Who cares? Crap. That's, <laughs> That's terrible. Instagram isn't going to know what to do. And then the, so we'll, uh, <laughs> how, we'll save a few billion dollars probably for a week. Maybe we should get rid of all of these non-essential people. Oh. That's a decent idea. My bad. Well, and what they'll do, they'll parade around the same way they always do, and they'll show all the places that are closed, and probably like a like a kid who can't get into the zoo or some crap like that. And then they'll talk about how um, soldiers aren't going to be getting their paychecks. They'll they'll say that like Which on, is on not CNN. Completely. The, the funny lie. thing is, they'll literally spend the money to go out and chain off some park that doesn't even have staff at it. Yeah, and you could just walk down a trail. Oh, you can't go down this trail. We don't have funding. I don't know about you we, guys, but the park close to me right now has got a gate around it right now because it's winter time like so i already can't get in there but they're gonna do the same thing where they say oh these people they're not they're not getting paychecks we've just let all these people go and then what they don't mention is that as soon as the government gets up and going again because we all know it's going to happen they all get back pay as Bonus soon as, paid vacation yeah, they all get a vacation they're still going to get paid for the time regardless so don't listen to anything the media is saying about how terrible this is for all these people they're just getting a free paid vacation. They're probably saving money because they don't have to pay for daycare and things like that at this time. So I do think it's funny because we're finally starting to see a situation where some actual compromise has to happen, which, as far as I'm concerned, is good for us because we really don't want anybody getting a whole bunch of what they want. Like, you know, that's too much government most of the time. Do you think Trump will give up on the DACA thing so he can get the wall? You know, like a Absolutely. means to an end and, kind and of I, thing? I think that... Uh, you know, they've got to figure something out about the DACA situation because it has been created. It's a mess. Mm -hmm. And for him, it's a bargaining chip. I'm, I don't particularly mind it. I think it's a good way to get a little something for everybody. The, uh, the DACA, just in case you guys don't know, is um, the program. It was started in, I believe, 2012 under the Obama administration. And this is basically what says if you came to this country as a minor um, before that time or after that time now, if you came here as a minor... You are eligible for a two-year deferment on your possible deportation if you're here illegally. And you get to renew that every two years. You get to apply again to continuously keep your uh, yourself here in the country so you don't get deported. And what happened when Trump came into office, um, he basically said that the 2012 DACA order was an unconstitutional executive order. and he, Which it probably was. I'm sure it was. Most of the executive orders are unconstitutional. Um, so he rescinded that order, and uh, and now they, are, he basically let it expire, um, did not renew it. And now we're coming up to where the Democrats are saying that we're not going to sign off on a budget unless you renew this DACA order. 
And he's saying, I'm not going to do a, a budget without the wall and without taking out DACA. And then now we're just going to have a big old government showdown. Which, why do we think the Democrats are so passionate about this issue in the first place? Is there anything, are, are they just, you know, they love the dreamers or is there something else there? Well, they definitely want to be the party that's here for, you know, the, the minority people, I think. Um, and then you could also go to the more sinister approach of... I'm pretty sinister. <laughs> I think I know what you're going to say. Because that's where they get their votes. And those are the people are who typically, if you're a Democrat, basically your promise is, listen, you don't really have to try... Uh, you don't really have to ever be successful. I'm going to make sure that the people who are productive and successful pay for your way uh, forever. And that's uh, pretty much the the promise of anyone who wants the government to take care of you forever. And and so they, I think sometimes they cater to the people that will more than likely feel safe from Benef- that message. Benefit from their policies. Yeah. What I find hilarious about the whole DACA situation of... of- Especially those on the left that you were talking about, the voter base and things like that. They have so much trust in government. And they're like, hey, you're here illegally, so why don't you put yourself on a government list and we promise you that we won't deport you. And, of course, Obama didn't under his administration. What happens when the administration changes? They have a list of where you live and who you are. And if that changes, the government has the power. Oh, sorry, we're not going to continue this. See you later. If there's anything history should have taught us is to beware of government lists. Yeah, Those are never don't, good. Don't so, put your name on a government list. So no. one other sinister element that, or maybe it's not sinister, one of the things I've heard floated is that these people, if they receive a permanent status, do you guys think they should eventually be eligible for voting rights? Or is that okay as something that they can negotiate out and saying, hey, we're going to let you stay here. You can make money, live in our society. But because you came here illegally, you don't get that right. Are you saying if they become citizens first or if they're just their status here as an immigrant from another Supposedly, country? they're not being granted citizenship. They're just being given a permanent resident card. And the, the, the trade-off that I'm hearing is that some people are saying, well, look, we'll let you stay here. You don't have to worry about being deported. You're a member of our society. But because you came here illegally, you don't get to become you don't you don't get citizenship. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that we would extend voting rights to people who don't have US citizenship even though I could go on to a whole other tangent about US citizenship and what that means and what it should mean, but we'll save um, that one for another day. Under the current law, I do not believe that um, if they are not US citizens that they should have any voting privileges for the United States. You know what's hilarious is I've I've been seeing on Facebook and some different articles come out. I think it's Elizabeth Warren is uh, championing oh uh, voter ID now. I mean, it was <laughs> it was the it was the Democrats and the left that was so against voter ID. And I'm not saying whether I'm for or against it. I just find it hilarious that now the the left is coming out because of the whole Russia hack thing. Um, they're coming out saying, oh, we need voter ID now. So Now that they're in the, the losing party currently, they, they think it's very important that we pay attention to who's voting. And I, I don't think that's going to pan out very well for them. Uh, they don't no. have the, the best history with this whole thing. So I, I don't know if she should be pulling for that or not. I'm sure all the other Democrats know that if there were, if there were voter ID laws, it would really hinder the Democrats more than anyone else, really. But... Um, uh, we, I had a question that I was going to ask everyone, and we're talking about immigration here, and I think we've all kind of got some basic thoughts on it, but 
I wanted to kind of ask a more broad scope question because we've just we've got this problem. It keeps coming up, and we've got the MAGA folks over on one side who, uh, you know, the Trump base who seem to be pretty anti-immigration or at least more pro purely legal immigration. Um, and then we have the other side that kind of just wants to let everyone in and, and help them out throughout the entire process. What would you guys do to to fix the immigration system that we have? I think the first thing we have to cure, and once again, not to beat a dead horse, is the whole reason that I object to a lot of this is because of the welfare state. Yes. And I see this as more more people on the dole, more mouths to feed. I don't mean to sound heartless, but that as a citizen, that's the way that I feel, as someone who's paying for this. I would I would agree with that. Charlie, what, what would you do for immigration? Yeah, I've said it before and I'll say it a million times. It's I really I think people as human beings should have have the natural right to travel freely. And that gets skewed when it comes to borders and, and countries and things like that. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but the problem that occurs and Milton Friedman has touched on this. Several economists have touched on this. Rest is, in peace. Is that when you have a basic income or a minimum wage or certain benefits that uh, people can qualify for that they never contributed to, eventually there will be more people taking from the system than contributing. And eventually it's just like social security. Which I believe technically we've hit that point. Pretty close. Country. It's, I mean, it's like right on the precipice or it's technically already happened. I've got a friend who is, uh, who's in economics is his major. Um, and so I was in uh, a Facebook talk with him the other day, actually regarding some immigration and some actual, uh, economics numbers. So is this Facebook trolling with Charlie? Is this a new segment <laughs> possibly that we're doing? It's like a light segment, I think. Okay. Yeah. Facebook friends, Facebook friends with Charlie. Yeah. So uh, he was, they were kind of talking about immigration and a couple different things and, and a couple really striking numbers, um, is what hit me on this post. And Cody says 3 billion people live on less than $2 per day. They suffer from now malnutrition. Many are near starvation. They have no education and they have basically no health care. Most of their children will die from poverty before reaching adulthood. And this is true around the world. Unfortunately, I mean, it's just the way it is. And how many of them do you think would come to the USA if they could? He has seen credible economists put the figure at 1 billion immigrants. 1 billion. If we had completely free immigration, you just wanted to come here. And they could and actually afford in. to get here. If you could get yeah. here. Yeah. Out of the 3 billion people, 1 billion of them would come to the USA. Most of them, most people don't immigrate because they don't want to leave family and they have family ties or tradi traditions or, or things like or that. Or in a place where somebody's getting $2 a day for living, they there's no way they could afford that trip. Right. So, and even, so he goes on to say though, but I mean, think about it, even if you just did, you know, half, half a billion people that actually moved here. I mean, that more than doubles the United States population already. And so mathematically, it just doesn't work out. Not because the amount of people that are here. It doesn't work out because of all the benefits that those people would receive automatically just for being in the United States that would uh, completely demolish our economic system. It wouldn't be viable anymore. And that's the thing that uh, I think people have a hard time understanding is that the money just isn't there. The money already isn't there right now. You know, you could take 
everyone everyone in the top 1%, everyone making over a million dollars a year, you could confiscate every single bit of their income and what they say you could run the government for 4 months on that <laughs> on that money. I mean, the money Keep those doesn't parks ex- open. Yeah, the money doesn't exist. So then you're talking about bringing you know, if half a billion people moved here and even 50% of them went on welfare and 50% of them were productive, you're talking about taking 250 million more people and putting them on welfare. Which, which that's the part where, you know, where Trump's crazy comments that we hit on the last episode, you know, they make a little, obviously his tact is terrible, Yes, but they make a little bit of sense of there's a huge amount of cost involved in bringing on these new hires, these new citizens from these other places. And that's something that I think contributes to the conversation. And there was one thing I wanted to bring up about this this tweet that I saw about Trump's grandfather. Uh-oh. Um, and I know that, I know, Charlie, you looked up some actual Wikipedia information. I know that he moved here in uh, about 1860, I think from Haiti, right? 1885. Oh, from, okay. Making from, sure. from Germany. From Germany, sorry. Um, and so I saw this tweet from uh, Ted Lou, who is a congressman from California, I believe. He said... Dear at real Donald Trump, this is me trolling on Twitter some nights. Uh, he said, your grandfather came to America at the age of 16, did not speak English well, was poor, and started off as a barber. So yes, I will support a merit system based on the same criteria that allowed your grandfather to immigrate to America. Now, at first glance, that's just a whole bunch of likes, a lot of retweets. Yeah, Trump's grandfather came to America and he was poor. And he, he was, didn't. He was English. one of those unskilled workers. Yeah. So, what's the catch on this, guys? Because he came here in eighteen. Would you say eighteen eighty-five? Frederick Trump. And what's the catch on that, Charlie? Well, the funny part about that is, is that the immigration laws that were in the United States were very lax, and it wasn't until nineteen fourteen when immigration started to become heavy, regu- uh, heavy, heavily regulated. Sounds like that coincides with something else that might have happened right about then. Huh. And so here, here's what happened is that when, when Trump's <coughs> grandfather, Mr. Frederick Trump, immigrated from Germany into the United States. Rest in peace. And he did die when he was 49. So that's unfortunate. He's no longer with us. Um, when <laughs> I don't think he would be any, honestly, I'm I'm no math, I'm no math scientist or anything here, but, uh, I'm pretty sure he would he might have passed on by now. Well, you never know though, because with his high level of income <laughs> yeah. and advances in modern science, <laughs> yeah. I, bet never, I hear they're putting pig hearts and people over in China. His head could be know? frozen at least. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he is gone. He's not here. <laughs> this is a whole other conversation, but I saw a crazy video about the future. <laughs> Are we doing this? <laughs> I just yeah, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but circle back to Frederick Trump, Trump's uh, Donald Trump's grandfather. Uh, he immigrated in 1885, and before that, before or when he immigrated, was a time period before the welfare state came about in 1914. So when he came here, he didn't qualify for anything. There, he wasn't a drain on the society. He wasn't a drain on the economics of the United States because he didn't. There was no such thing as welfare. He had to literally be self-responsible, teach himself to be a barber, and then he moved to the north. West in Washington was part of the gold rush and started a couple different companies and became super successful. Why? Because he had, he had to take self-responsibility and do it on his own. He didn't get any handouts. He didn't get to wait around and just get food stamps or schooling or anything like that. He had to figure it out on his own. So could we say that the Congress sort of saw this coming when they put immigration restrictions in along with the introduction of 
the welfare state. They did. At the same time, we instituted the income tax, social security, all these things. And at the same time, they decided they were going to start restricting immigration. It's been a bad year. Yeah. I mean, that overall was the worst time for our country. 1913. 1913 to to 1920, probably. And then 1916, I think, is when they actually instituted uh, the income tax. But I think they, um, or something like that. I, you know, maybe I'll get on the Google machine and figure that one out. But to go on a crazy tangent here, real quick, if you <laughs> think about what happened in those years when they started adding all these benefits to the American people, they started uh, heavily regulating immigration, putting up walls and restrictions and things like that. What does that remind you of? A communist society. Yeah. When when the communist society and then the communist manifesto, what you basically have to do in Russia, it was proven that all the people owned all the means of production or the government owned all the means of production. Everybody got a fair share and things like that. But if you didn't do work, guess what happened? You went to the gulag. They built walls. <laughs> they They kept people from coming in. They kept people from going out because the system required violent force to achieve the the means for a potential success which we all know it always fails but it reminds me of that so when when they started with these welfare benefits they automatically had to start heavily regulating immigration and things of that nature putting up walls stopping the flow of people coming in not necessarily people going out but trump's mission is to keep people from going out so does that not is that not an eerie comparison it and, is. and another MAGA tenet that we could bring in here is, you know, everyone complains about the cultural assimilation now and everything. That sort of became a problem around the same time, too, because before Trump's dad, he had to learn how to be absorbed in the culture, speak the language, go out and make money. Suddenly you can sit at home and make some money. And one little word about the cultural assimilation thing that, you know, I don't know if any of us were to move to any country and just say South America or somewhere else, but do you guys ever think you would move to a country and eventually say that it's ridiculous that the people in that country have not learned how to do everything that you do and that to make it equal for, for you to speak your language? I would be to learn bending how to over do that? backwards to fit in because I would feel like I needed to to be successful. I just can't imagine, you know, I'm going to move to Peru and somehow <laughs> talk everyone into the idea that it's their job to learn my language instead of my job to learn theirs. But I don't want to go down that road whatsoever. So our basic idea is that for immigration, we want to... The welfare state. We want to decrease the welfare state, if not get rid of the entire thing. Some of us do. And uh, that would help out with this entire immigration problem. It's all rooted in the fact that once you get here, you get other people's money sent to your pocket. Wall or no wall, there could be a need for a wall now, but that's not going to fix the problem. You have to get to the root of it. Before we finish the wall discussion, I've got one more thing from the Washington Post. Doubling back. I want, yeah, to wrap this up, I want you guys just to think about the cost of this archaic solution of the wall, which I'm not really for. In addition, from the Washington Post again, in addition to the $18 billion in wall funding, the CPB also requested $8 billion for additional personnel and training, $5 billion for new border technology, and at least $1 billion to build more access roads. The final price tag for the CPB spending plan would exceed $33 billion over the next decade, which we know that's a low figure. So $33 billion over the next 10 years for 
Not even a full wall, just 620 miles of it. So at least 120 billion over the next 10 years. Um, you for, times in that by four. Yeah, at least. <laughs> at least. I mean, we know it's going to be that much. And that's before cost overruns. Yeah, yeah, we're not even talking about, you know, the devaluation of the dollar over that time or anything. It's going to cost upwards of a trillion dollars to finish this wall, and we all know it. Yeah, especially after these upcoming tariffs on Chinese <laughs> steel and aluminum. John, you can't help but go in the tariffs, can you? They really just chap me gently. <laughs> gently? They're, are you sure? It's not gentle after a while. Okay, <laughs> okay well, I wanted to go into some... Are we, are we good on the immigration? Yeah, we'll call it good for now. For now. I want to know... Until another day. I do want to know our listeners' thoughts on the wall. Wall <laughs> or no wall? Let us know. Info at thebrickfreedomshow.com or tweet your lispy libertarian. He doesn't lisp online. Nate at Big Freedom Show. Just say wall or say no wall. That's all you got to do. Or you can give a reasoning. Or if you want to get snarky, he does bite back sometimes, but you're welcome to. So I wanted to talk about this this tweet that I saw. Um, I'm always on Twitter, I guess. I gave up Facebook and now I'm just on Twitter all the time. So I I made him do it. It's not. Yeah, I had completely (laughs) I had completely kicked my social media addiction. I went an entire year without any social media. And and Charlie's like, hey, we have this show now. You have to get on Twitter. You just have to do it. And so now I'm getting on Twitter. You have to do your fair share. Yeah, I'm just on here all the time. Well, this is from, uh, I think it's Amy uh, Seiskind would be the would be the name. Um, uh, she's verified, and I don't know what she does. but What's uh, her, uh, her Twitter handle? Well, let me tell you that real quick. Nope, this is a screenshot. So her tweet says, <laughs> her tweet says, my heart goes out to the people who voted for Trump because they believed he would save their jobs. And then it has a quote. It says, we all voted for him. We just thought he was going to protect our jobs. It sounded really good. And then boom. And so this is in reference to some workers at the carrier plant. And if you remember, um, one of the first things that Trump did was he stopped this carrier plant from moving to Mexico, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Do you guys care if I read some of the article and we just kind of talk about this a, a little bit. Where's the article from? And this article is from NBC News. So verified source right would here. ask you to do a New York accent, but it won't be pretty. <laughs> I can't do that. No way. <laughs> Go ahead, carry on. I can do a, uh, you want me to read it in a Southern accent? Uh, we had enough of that last okay. week. <laughs> it was raining in Indiana's capital city on the day Renee Elliott and millions of other blue-collar Americans stunned the world by helping elect a Manhattan real estate mogul the 45th president of the United States. But all Elliot saw that day was sunshine. As she waited patiently in line to cast her vote, Elliot said she was buoyed by the belief that Donald Trump would make good on his campaign pledge and prevent her job at the carrier plant, the job that she said allowed her to escape an abusive marriage and live a modest but comfortable life from being sent to Mexico. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. Quick interruption. Uh-huh. Do you think she hung out with the Obama mortgage lady? The one that said she was never going to have to pay her mortgage again? Poss- possibly. Carry on. Sorry. She definitely... <laughs> now, very soon, Elliot will be standing in another line. The unemployment line. Elliot, 44, was one of the 215 workers at the Indiana- Indianapolis plant who were given pink slips on Thursday... And to say she is disappointed by Trump would be another statement. Quote, we all voted for him. 
We just thought he was going to protect our jobs. It sounded really good, and then boom. Elliot doesn't know what she's going to do next. She has only a high school diploma to go along with the hairdresser license. She got a license to be a hairdresser. We'll talk about that later. She earned before she got the job five years ago at Carrier when she was studying to be a nurse. My five-year plan was to finish out nursing school and work on the line and take classes at night, she said. Well, she, she was there for five years. She didn't go for the nursing. So I don't have to keep reading this. I think we basically get the idea. But this is, what'd you, what do you have, John? You're the, about to say something. <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I heard in there is, man, and the left is so good at pulling on your emotional oh, heartstrings. Yeah. There's the, a lot of stick-to-itiveness there, too. I heard four different careers. Oh, yeah. But she said... The article said Carrier allowed her to escape an abusive marriage. Really? That's it. Is that is that a joke? That's if it weren't for this job at Carrier. Chasing moonbeams for one of her aspirations. I didn't know Carrier was in the business of solving abusive marriage issues. And it's their job. If they've taken you out of that situation, you could never be fired because it's their job to make sure that you don't go back to that. Have you heard about their new marriage conditioner line? (laughs) (laughs) Marriage conditioners. So, by, the, by this conditioner, your marriage is solved. My, 220 volts. <laughs> so we are very sad that she was once in an abusive marriage, and we yes, do not at all condone is, that right. whatsoever. So 100%. That is, that but is, we don't condone the depending on other people for every other aspect of your life. This is, we kind of talked about this briefly before the show. If you're in a situation where the president of the United States is affecting your daily life that much, you are doing it wrong. You did it wrong. Listen. And continually doing it wrong. If you're sitting there waiting and say, man, I have to make sure this person gets elected or I'm going to be in the unemployment line. You messed up somewhere. Not only that, I saw during this last election, I saw so many people before Bernie Sanders lost the elect before he lost the nomination. So many people were like, oh, I have to vote for Bernie Sanders because he's going to forgive my college student loan debt. Really? That's the thing. You're basing your hopes and prayers. My life is going to be destroyed if Bernie Sanders doesn't win the election. And Obama makes you not pay your mortgage anymore. He didn't. He didn't win. So now all these people's, I just can't, I can't understand the notion of putting trust in government alone, let alone one person at the helm of president. And that's the thing that I had such a big issue with when I saw this tweet is that here is a person who works at a factory that was only still here because uh, Trump forced them to stay here in the first place. What they was it? Were, a thousand jobs? Yeah. Originally, <clears throat> they were doing such a a poor job staying afloat in the U.S. It probably wasn't just their fault. Probably had a lot to do with the taxes, the regulations, and all kinds of different things. The minimum wage, all the things that they had to contend with here in a, in, I think in Indiana. Um, and they were barely staying afloat, and Trump forced them to stay here. And now they have gotten this tax cut, but they were losing money beforehand already. And this is another thing that I want to say is when a business has a division where you just you don't need people. You know, AT&T laid off a bunch of DirecTV installers, and everyone's acting like they're just crazy, greedy people. No, what happened if was— there's no DirecTV to they, sell. They had a bunch of DirecTV installers sitting around doing nothing, they, just sitting around with no DirecTV to install. And these people on Twitter apparently think that it's just AT&T's job to continue paying them uh, for for nothing. Because who the heck is adding DirecTV to their house right now? Do you, do you know anyone? That's a poor choice, so don't do it if you're yeah. thinking about it. But— 
the overall point here is this person was, is working at a factory and instead of deciding, hey, I need to improve my own skills. I need to get on YouTube and learn something. I need to get on Khan Academy and you know do something and learn some kind of skill where I can get a job or I can start my own business or, or I can do something to better my life. No, this person decides they need their time and attention to go into making sure that a certain person is elected president so they can continue to do the same thing over and over again every single day. And that is what's wrong with people in this country right now, that you are not constantly evolving. Guys, if you guys have a job that your job is to push a button somewhere, the job is going to be gone. We all know that. People say that all the time. If you have a job where you're pushing the button, you're lucky to still have a job right now. You need to be learning a new skill. I just learned a very important, very p- profitable skill on YouTube over the last year. I've paid no money to learn this skill. I got on my phone on YouTube and learned it. Charlie, you started a business off of a skill that you completely taught yourself how to do. John, did you go to college or did someone else sit you down and say, I'm going to instill this knowledge within your brain for your business? No. So all three of us sitting here right now, we've all started our own businesses. We've all been broke. We're all broke from time to time still. But guess what? We know that it's no one else's job. It's not the job of the president of the United States to ensure that you are still going to have a job. It's your job. I got a fortune cookie today, by the way, while we were at lunch. This is pretty crazy because I knew that I was going to be having this talk today. And I got a fortune cookie and Charlie said, that's perfect. How the heck did I get this as my fortune? Um, This is what it said. And this, I mean, I knew I was going to be having this talk. I went and had some Chinese food before we came here. And this was my fortune. Only you can change your life. No one can do it for you. And I was like, man, that is just a sign. If that's not a sign that we need to have this talk today, then what else is? Because I am in control of whether or not I continue to make money. I feel that way. I've been broke for a long time. I put myself into tremendous debt. All of you guys have done that before to, to, to go towards Speaking your dreams. Speaking of the gulag, this came out of communist China. <laughs> I have put myself in so much debt and I decided that I had to dig my way out of it and acquire some new skills so I am never worried about getting fired from a job ever again. And everyone has that within them if they will just get some personal responsibility and do it themselves. Charlie, what do you think? I want to add to your fortune there. Yeah. Also, no one cares about you. That's true. They don't. No. Besides maybe your mom or your dad or your close family and friends, no one cares about you. The market doesn't care about you. If you're like me, you enjoy some uh, motivational speakers. One of my favorite out there is Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he is a uh, serial entrepreneur. The guy's, he's just hustled his whole life. And he gives these, I'll drop some of the F words and things that he throws out there. But this guy's hilarious if you go check him out. But He doesn't know, I don't think he knows that he's a little political in his talks because his main goal is to motivate you. But what I saw a video with him and Damon John, and Damon John's another multi billionaire Shark Tank, Fubu. Shark Tank, Fubu. Um, Anyway, they were doing a show or they were doing a a live QA where they were telling people things. And Gary V said, 
the market is the market. What role does the government play? He's like, it's 2017. If you don't know how to Google something and improve your skill, then F you. He's like, seriously. He's like, I have no passion for this conversation because I don't see truck driver Johnny feeling bad for Rick, the bookstore owner, because Amazon put him out of business. The market is the market. You have to be willing to adjust, continually improve your skills as a person so you have to improve your your skills as a worker, learning new things each and every day, as Nate said, that because no one cares about you, only you can control your life. It's this thing we call self-responsibility, where if you take action, you don't have to wait on anyone else. You can create your dreams yourself, whatever it is. The market is the market will always be the market. It doesn't matter who the president is. So Go out there, find some new skills, make yourself valuable, and then you will always have a job. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> Trump won't Boom. have to save it for you. I'll tell you to drop your mic, but it's attached to your table right now. Yeah, so. and I don't want to buy another one, so just leave it up another there. Another table? Eh, another mic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm podcast domination. <laughs> we lose a couple mics in that, but I mean, honestly, that is that's the truth right there. Get your own personal responsibility going, work for yourself. And that's even if if you're at a job, even, you know, you're basically an independent contractor at every job. You're there. This is my labor price for the for the skill that I'm providing you right now. This is what I'm charging. Go in there and demand some kind of wage. And guess what? If you are worth that wage, you will get it. Make yourself worth that much money. Don't just have the government say that you're worth that much money. You find a way to be worth that much that much money to a company and you will never be unemployed so on that bombshell that's all we've got for this week's episode of the big freedom show hit us up at info at the like share the show we'll see you next week <laughs>